This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. Or at least you better be. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mostly Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. Boy, do I have an exciting, amazing episode for you guys today. Because today we sit down with Mr. Joey Cape from Lagwagon. Badass not me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Along with Joey, we've got Chris Cresswell. Chris Cresswell of the Flatliners. And along with them, we've got that other guy from the Scorpios Project. Brian Wallstrom, and then joining us is uh, their cellist for the first part of their tour, and uh, I must apologize, Serena, you told me your name in the interview, and I immediately forgot it, and so therefore, right now, I'm going to say your name as many times as I can, so the listeners to this show don't forget it the way my dumbass did, Serena Chang, Serena Chang, Serena Chang, she was a fantastic cellist, killer space, spacey looking uh, cello, um, and just lovely joy to be around and talk to and uh, hang out with. So thank you, Serena. I apologize for forgetting your name so immediately, but I'm an asshole and I'm an awful person like that. Uh, today we hang out. We're hanging out at the Walnut Room, Denver, Colorado. We're chatting it up with uh, Joey Cape and the guys about Joey's new project, One Week Records. Uh, One Week Records. The whole idea behind it is is these guys fly in within seven days. They stay at Joey Cape's house, and within seven days they write and record a record. Uh, Chris Cresswell from Flatliners did it. Brian Wallstrom did it. They've got Joe Bergeron and uh, Betty and the Boy. Those are all the four records right now. My dumbass forgot to ask Joey what he's got coming up next, but I'm sure we can figure that out here on the internet. We got the internet here, friends. Um, but yeah, we we hang out, we chat, and what's cool is I think of the if you've never listened to the show. Um, it's not professional. It's not super polished. It's very DIY punk rock. It's just me. I'm an asshole with a microphone trying to ask dumb questions. I make fun of myself a lot. I love what I do. It's the best decision of my entire life uh, was to start doing this dumb, this little thing. And because it means so much to me, I like to make fun of myself. You know, does that make sense? That way you can't make, anyway, this isn't about me. This is about these guys. Um, and I, I've even forgotten where I was going. Oh, I view this show as kind of like a first date. And I know a lot of you are going to be listening to this for the first time, and hopefully this is a good first date for you and me. Um, but as far as it goes with musicians, like sometimes I sit down with musicians, there's an instant chemistry, there's an instant bond, there's an instant feel. And uh, the date, so to speak, goes well, and I'm like, hey, I want to hang out, I want to call this person, I want to talk to him again, I want to see him again. Other times, I, I meet up with these individuals, these musicians and bands are tired, they're not feeling good, uh, they don't want to do an interview, uh, the date goes bad, there's no chemistry, uh, they, they don't answer the questions the way I want. And then other times, there's times like today's interview, where it's light, it's fun, it's free, it's fast, it's flowing, and you know, you might think to yourself at the end of it, it's like, I don't know if I would actually marry that guy, I don't know if I would marry these dudes, but boy, I'm going to go out with them again to see what we got going on because it was just so much damn fun and who knows I might get a lifelong friend out of it so if you guys are uh, big daters like me uh, I'm just going to stop with the jokes right there um, 
I really do. This is a really fun interview. I'd originally pitched this as doing an interview with uh, either Chris or Joey or both individually. Vanessa Burt, PR master for uh, Fat Records, and um, she came to me and said, hey, why don't you do them both at the same time? In an interview, Brian, and we talk about One Week Records. That's exactly what we did, and it was the absolute right choice. Uh, I talked to Chris and Joey a little bit after the interview, after the show, and was like, hey, can we sit down sometime and do just a serious one-on-one conversation and really get to know each other because uh, this kind of feels this episode kind of feels a little bit like speed dating and not to mention i was coming off a serious hangover uh, from being in durango colorado for the 19th anniversary of scott brewing where they had the pie tasters and the scatolites in the rebel set from arizona there where i uh, proceeded to i mean i drink way too much let's just leave it at that buddies we won't talk about the bars i got kicked out of <laughs> We won't talk about my friend Sean sleeping in the bathtub. We won't talk about the uh, cop that brought him home. Good times, buddies. Good times. If you're ever in Durango, Colorado, visit Scott Brewing. It's one of the best uh, breweries in America. Uh, they also throw one, throw one of the best beer festivals. So needless to say, in doing this interview, I was still a little hungover from those events. And uh, also, I was supposed to interview the pie tasters that weekend, but I got so drunk. I think I, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't perform. I, I, I got whiskey interview dick. God. What the hell's wrong with me, guys? <sighs> That's the reason why it's called Damn It Damien, right? Most of the was a Damn It Damien. Damn It Damien, why don't you interview the Pie Tasters? Uh, but so, this week's episode, since we got three performers, um, two of which you may not be as well known of, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to play a Chris Cresswell and a Brian Walsh song. I hope that's okay with you. I'm actually not going to play a Joey Cape song on this episode because I feel like if you're listening to this, you probably know what Joey Cape sounds like. You probably heard one of his songs. He doesn't have a new one-week record out yet, although I'm sure he could tell you that every one of his records is a one-week record or some BS along those lines. Uh, but So we're going to open this bad boy up with a song from Brian Wallstrom. It's called Airplane Food. It's off his fantastic one-week record. And then we're going to follow that up with Mr. Chris Creswell from uh, the Flatliners. Uh, in his song, Meet Me in the Shade. Uh, both fantastic songs. And then we're going to go into the interview, and i got to apologize, too, because uh, I'm going to start it out in a place where I wasn't expecting to start it out with. So you hear a lot of me bumping and beating the microphone around in my hand as I'm trying to get everything situated and get the levels right. Um, but Chris and Joey are having a pretty funny conversation. Uh, so please excuse the bumps and beeps and whatnot. And uh, I hope you enjoy this date that we have together today. If this is your, if you're a first time listener, cause God damn, I love what I do and I love that I get to do this and uh, any asshole can do this. And that's the, you can do it too. And I hope you do. And let's do it together. Let's be buddies. All right. I'm going to quit rambling. I'm ramble too much. Thank you. Death wish coffee for all the caffeine. Deathwishcoffee.com. They're the ones that got me rambling. Uh, here we go with Brian Wallstrom and airplane food followed by Chris Creswell's meet me in the shade. Let's take a listen. Patriots and those who flee Pressures and tensions come undone Here in the Cape under the sun Dry riverbeds below the palms Straight dogs insinuate the calm Soon Bob's coast will be defined Our destination of decline 
aftermath This is my airplane food This is what I brought back And I celebrated The seeker putting nothing on the line
Coors. Regular Coors. Yeah, Dude, banquet, man. We just got this in Canada. No shit. Really? Um, yeah. Usually I say that as a joke, but it's actually... Like usually I say like, oh dude, sarcasm, never heard of it. I don't think we have that in Canada yet, you know? And uh but dude, but that was sarcasm because that's not true. So yeah, and then <laughs> Isn't it funny like Germany like sarcasm doesn't exist? It does now. That was only true. Last year, Idiots. we played a show in Germany, and Scott and I were like making fun of each other on stage. It was a joke. It was so clearly, so obviously a joke. And we met this, we were like hanging out at the bar of the venue after the show, and this kid was like, You guys are okay? I'm like, Yeah, we're okay. Are you okay? He's like, You were really mad at each other earlier. Oh, that's <laughs> and I shit you not. Now, man. Honestly, like, they get it. They, I they said, didn't used to. It, seriously, yeah. 20 years ago, it was really, yeah, like, I mean, nobody got something. And and it, it's it's we're, we live in this new world like yeah. everybody gets everything now. That was a, that guy was an idiot. He was in he was in Leipzig if that means anything. That's sort of a mean thing to say. <laughs> that, that, I, that, that guy was a fucking retard. Dude, did you get it on tape? Yeah, yeah, I did actually. I can edit that <laughs> out though. End of the interview. Like, yeah, he's calling Germans idiots and retards. <laughs> what an asshole. <sighs> no, but that is uncommon now. Like they, because we, yeah. you know, that's oh. like. Our bre- that's all we do on stage. Yeah, and they, they're laughing all Yeah, time. they're getting it. That's cool. They, but it really was weird. In the beginning, we'd come there and we'd be like, okay, so no sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Speak not, really slowly. Not to mention the uh, German comp- or backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's very yeah. famous. That's a, that's Get a, a German. It's like, I, I really like your set. I wish you had played better songs. Yeah. Can we make a photo? Yeah. So then your face is all like your weird album is all right, but, but, uh, <laughs> Your first album is, is, is great. It's, but your new album is shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So silly. Oh, cool. Being but, German is, yeah, what? Why a, are you it's, here? No, <laughs> it's, I always do this. I it's a compliment, say, and then an insult, and then a request. Oh, yeah. rolled into one I, sentence. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just a fun. It was a great show, but someone sounded song. like shit. I did not enjoy it. Can we make a photo? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus. You know, there are things that you don't have to say. Yeah, dude. It's this weird thing. It's like editing. Like, you you think about it before yeah. you say it. And it's just a, your social barometer really negative is broken. and um, unfriendly. You just, just don't say those things. That's how we yeah. I always explain it to people like that, like their kids. And yeah. then they get all, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like, I had no it, idea. It really is kind of, <laughs> somewhat, some of that is a little bit of a language barrier. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, Jesus. <laughs> Guys, this is off to a great start. I was a little worried having, <laughs> having a round table of three people I might run out of shit to ask that the three of you can sound off on, and now I'm not at all. No, we're good. We're so. sorry about <laughs> we're good. We got this. Yeah, we're good. Uh, so, of course, you know, I, we'll, we'll give, give some fancy intros. we got Joey Cape over here all in black. Hello, sir. I like it. Let's, let's yeah. get except for the green Converse. Yeah, I kind of blew it on those. You just turned him, man. No, shit. I did, didn't I? <laughs> I did. Nice job. Yeah. But I like it. I, I really do. Well, this I'm is how I dress. Looks great. But thank you. <laughs> then we got Chris of the Flatliners over here. Um, what can I insult? Uh, way to wear plaid. Cool, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. If, know, he had, if he had stripes on, you could go for, ooh, plaid and stripes. Yeah. Right? But I'm an extremely well dressed young man, so sorry. Yeah. Sorry to bring it bring the ammo for you, buddy. I don't have any ammo. <laughs> I didn't even mean to insult that. And <laughs> Brian, of course, over here. Insult away, please. I, I don't There's have any. I like your shirts. Other than that backwards fucking chili peppers hat. Really. 
This is actually Chad Smith. This is, this you is didn't Incubus. Know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's, that's a, no, that's a Hoobastank hat. Yeah, Hoobastank. Hoobastank. Yeah, that's Hooba. Oh, <laughs> and, and then we have the cellist young lady. If you want to come hang out, feel free. So it's an interview talk show, but it's just a bunch of dudes bullshitting, and then I ask bad questions, and you guys hopefully make me look good for it. Perfect. How's that sound? Yeah, that's fantastic. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, so, Joey, the last time I saw you, I used to work at the. I used to book shows at the Triple Nickel Tavern, in Colorado Springs. Oh shit! Punk okay. Rock Dive Bar. Um, it was right after a South by Southwest tour with Bad Loud. Drag the Rivers on a few of those dates. I that's remember. where we had met. And then that I remember that show in the Springs. I was so stressed out. Like, I mean, I was a bit, I'm still a big Lagwagon fan, but I, in my head, I'm like, I fucking love Lagwagon. We get a hundred people out here, no problem. Here's this huge guarantee. Did less than. Did it was a good show. It was it was fine. Yeah, there were some kids did, in the crowd. It, it, it did argued. say on the flyer, uh, Joey Cape's bad sound. <laughs> and then there was like a, 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 a like a dirty hairy picture yeah. with a gun. Yeah, I and, made that. And I, I still have that. Oh really? I made that. Yeah, thank you. I made that myself. Got um, the name wrong, but that's yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. All right. It was our first, you know, run. That's the way it goes, you know. Yeah, I was actually, you know, those kind of things are like special things. So, like when they happen, you kind of go like in the early days, lag wagon. We would get like leg wagon and log wagon. Like we were a bunch of like, you know. Loggers. I call you guys Wagwagon. And we would always cooler. keep those things like, oh, yeah, log wagon. We even got that <laughs> one. Never got a... Never mind. I, I was pro- in, in my defense, I was probably drunk when I made that fly. Yeah, no so worries. It was man. an easy mistake. Um, but I noticed, like, uh, like the last couple times you've come through Denver, it's been here. A little bit nicer of a venue. Uh, I remember the triple nickel, like, you get in arguments with punk rock dudes who just wanted you to play the lag wagon hits. There was just the one guy. Yeah, the one guy. I'm glad. I'm glad. But you know what? The thing I'll is, never remember. he ended up... Uh, he ended up leaving. Yeah. So, it but worked out. D- does choosing a fancier, nicer venue like this have anything to do with that kind of interaction? I don't that have any, um, none of the criteria for me has anything to do with, like, how nice the bar is. I've spent my whole life, practically, or half of it now, in lots of, you know, squats and real gnarly dive bars, and, yeah. and I like them. What is in the criteria for the acoustic thing is the sound. And, and so when you play a place like this, you come back if they'll have you back because, like, you know, tonight was like the first night I was like, oh, I can hear my guitar. What the hell does it sound like? You know, it's, it's rare. We've had two so far on this tour. We've been pretty lucky. But, you know, like most, most like punk rock bars or venues, you know, the, the mics are like, you know what they look like, and 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 the the the, the, the monitors are like, come on for this. Like, you're like, hey, what's up, bro? Good luck. You're gonna have a good time tonight. So the acoustic thing's like a little different. Um, so yeah, but I don't remember the sound being anything but good that night. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah it like, sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think you guys said. But this place is yeah. it's a really it's kind of fancy. I, I will say, I like it. It, it was kind and of, and they're really nice here. Yeah. They, they they feed us and take care of us. So fuck, why not? And good pizza, not that shitty like. Yeah, Totino's-esque pizza. Yeah. The other thing is, I think there's a thing where you've been touring for a really long time and you always play in the same neighborhood. So after a while, you kind of feel like you're milking a cow. Like, okay, we're back and we're not as good because we're old and shitty. <laughs> and uh, you want to pay like 20 bucks now to see us? Yeah. It used to be five, but it's cool. And so... <laughs> $20 is the new five, though. I, I know. Yeah, that's it, actually, yeah, that's I know, which is so true. insane to guys like me, but... Anyway, yeah, just to say, uh, you know, it's kind of nice when you change up yeah. the scenery a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, I noticed you'll be back here in, what, two weeks? Me first, and then give me a gimme, surprise Oh, yeah. It's in two weeks? Oh, yeah. Be in Toronto yeah. this I last week? I about that. Yeah. yeah. 
No, we didn't do Toronto, but I'm 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 leaving these guys twice, Chicago, and then you know that's what I do to my friends. You guys want to go on tour? Gonna have to leave a couple times. You know what I'm gonna do though? Something super cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So what are you guys gonna do when this guy abandons you here? No, we're well. We told him we were gonna play, but to be honest, I didn't want it to come out this way. But we're just gonna uh, show up to the venue. Dick around as long as possible. Kind of just probably just like kind of practice on stage. We did practice. Make the guarantee because it's all about making money. And then just fucking. We worked on a journey song that we're going to do once. Yeah, we're just fucking. We're going to fuck it all up. The Germans are not going to understand. We're (laughs) going to fuck it all up. No, we're going to. Yeah, we're playing. We got. We're going to still play. Yeah. Houston and New Orleans. Houston and New Orleans, man. New Orleans. Good times. I just got a text message. Um, so, like, we, uh, usually with the big, with this show, I like to talk about origin stories, like how you guys became the guys you became to be. Um, the one question I like to ask the most, basically, I rip off Mark Maron. Have you ever listened to him? Oh, love him. Love him. Hey, he's, I'm like a D minus version of Mark Maron. Um, no, no, no. But do you guys remember the first time you you heard a song that grabbed you to the core and never let you go? Like the first time you fell in love with music as a core, as a whole, is that thing? That's a tough question. Like, for I, I use this example every single fucking time. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. I was about eight years old. I remember coming home and listening to it over and over and over again, scratching the hell out of the record. But then everything I listen to to this day, I can kind of find that Bruce Springsteen-ness in it. You know, that, that spark that grabbed me initially, I can find it in most things I love today. Yeah. So, I don't know if that makes any sense. Is there no, anything like that? Great. Yes. It's so tough to answer that question because I'm really old. Yeah, <laughs> and I have a shitty memory but I always have this thing when I try to answer that question I think it's almost like there's a number of songs you know yeah. I try to think about when I was like five years old and that's, that's what I want right and in my house you know this is like the, the late the early 70s when I was old enough to like kind of remember my parents listened to everything from classical but my mom was super into all these things like Creedence Clearwater Revival and and, you know, like Linda Ronstadt and all, you know, all that kind of um, California, uh, I don't know what to call that music because it's not really all the same. But, um, and I, I, I mean, I was, I was raised on that kind of stuff in Dylan and stuff. So I don't know, just all of it. Cool. It was melodic and the yeah. lyrics were good and the, and the players were good. And I, yeah, I still listen to that stuff now. Yeah. Right. Your parents listen to a lot of music then growing up? Yeah, my my whole family's musical. My brothers, they're all way better musicians than me. None of them did, decided to do it. My dad kind of did. He toured for a while in in, in a choir and singer. And uh, yeah, my brother went into horticulture because he liked growing weed. <laughs> and my sister got accepted. Who doesn't? My sister got accepted to Juilliard when she was nine years old. Jesus. Um, and then she just got into drugs. It's. It's it's you know your average eight is enough kind of story. Yeah. I'm done. What about you, gentlemen? Fuck that shit. Um, Talk that shit. I, uh, <laughs> I, I like I think my earliest uh, memories of hearing music would probably be like it was definitely my parents' record collection as well. Uh, my mom really loved the Beatles and ELO. <laughs> my dad really loved Barry Manilow and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wow. Kind of a weird mixed bag. Yeah, but All cool stuff, because, though. yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I never really got into Barry Manilow, but only because my brother and I would just always make fun of my dad for that because you need to make fun of your dad for something, you know? He still says that, like, to this day, 
we just kind of, you know, give him a little jab every now and then as a joke. Uh, not physically, because that's just weird, like beating yeah. up your dad or whatever. But uh, he, he, he just always still refers to himself as the butt of my older brother and I's jokes. Um, and he's not wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, they were just into that kind of stuff. And, I mean, that definitely shaped my brother and my own, like our, our, our musical upbringings in a pretty positive way right out of the gate. And then my older brother fucking showed me lag wagon, so... <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like he showed me all, yeah. all these punk bands when I was first getting into punk and everything. And yeah. something about yellow, uh, lag wagon. <laughs> yeah, my, my, we're talking about how Barry Manilow was like in your DNA now, dude. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm pretty love sure, all yeah. his songs so much. It, he's so good. Um, Do you know good the song I write too. the songs by him? No, he didn't write it. No way. That's so rad. Jesus. He wrote so many of those songs, but the song, I write the songs that make the whole world Oh, I know that song. Yeah. Right yeah. now, I did not write that song. Wow. Interesting. What a hack. Sorry. You can tell yeah. I said that. I don't care. Right, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it just, we, we were lucky to have folks that had listened to cool music. So then my brother started listening to cool music, and then I started listening to cool music. And I, you know, a different generation, of sure, like, of course, but like, one of the, like, I had like a, like the Blue album, dude. Like, I still have it on cassette. Uh, Keep in mind, I'm 26 years old, and uh, the tape sounds fucked now because of how many times I listened to it. Same with like the first Foo Fighters album, and like even that like still sounds better than the CD, dude. Yeah, I mean it was <laughs> it was just I, I I think I just somehow wore that tape thin. You know what I mean? Just I mean that, that was commonplace though. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the deal. So Brian, yeah, how you? God, I've been racking my brain trying to think of something, but I, I definitely distinctly remember. Um, Captain Jack by Billy Joel. Oh, shit, For some dude. reason, my mom loved that song, and now that I actually play it sometimes at piano bars, and I re- and I listen back to the lyrics, and I'm like, dude, this is a fucked up song for a five year old to like. <laughs> but um, it's it's you know one of those tunes. So that you know, I I just got into for some reason piano music really young, and then um, obviously later into you know punk rock, and my dad loved ACDC, so he played that all the time. But um, you know, once you hear one thing that you dig, it just whatever, so. Kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. I have a really short answer compared to these two talker Jack. <laughs> and what about you? You ask me? Yeah, All right. Of course. You're here, aren't you? Yeah. You're on, you're on this one week records tour. Yeah, I am for Are part you? of it for only like another oh. week. Oh. But so I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to, to, to join. Yeah, I know. In <laughs> denial, sad. too. Um, so I was trained classically. I started playing piano when I was four and started competing when I was like eight or nine. Holy shit. I know. And I actually remember the moment I like really found that I love music because I was in a piano competition and this kid goes up and he was this like 12 year old boy and he goes up and he plays Claire de Lune. Do you know that piece? Yes. It's like in every single movie now. And I remember I was sitting there watching this guy play and I was just like, oh my God, I need to learn this song. And then I, yeah, that's, that was the moment. You were already in a competition when you realized you loved music? No, I hated music at first, and then it was that moment. Oh, I see. Okay. That I love cool. music after that. That's the best answer that you got, because she's the only one who answered it like there was a song that made her it love. Was, that's, it was definitely. That's kind of what your question was. <laughs> kind of. And the rest of us were just like, yeah, man, I just used to masturbate <laughs> all day long when I was. Dude, a kid. you heard bubbling, man? It's great. You know, it's I phrase it on it, basically it's me going, what are your influences without saying the dread yeah. I yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate uh, that, but, it, but it, I just word it in a different way to get a different answer yeah. out of it. Fun fact, fun yeah. fact. Christopher Cresswell here, when he was a kid, was, <laughs> was a professional whistler, like, like at a young age. Like his dad would take him to these competitions and he would compete. 
as a whistler. I mean, you'll hear him tonight. He's such a good whistler. It's crazy. Okay. Is, is this a German compliment? No, no, no. I don't like to but talk about it just because it's a weird part of my childhood. You know, it's like, dude, it was dark. Dark times on the whistling oh, circus. On the whistling circus. On the whistling circus. Did you guys dark ever times. play Whistler? Dude, no. They would never have us. It made no sense. It made no fucking sense. So you got burned out on whistle competitions, right? Totally. I, mean, like, I, got, I got burned out on whistling. I never wanted to whistle again. In all honesty, like, how much of that did you really do? Did you, I mean, like, was it just for a little while? Like, I didn't even know that such thing existed. <laughs> did your teacher drop you it's after so you cool. stopped? No. Sorry, are we taking over your interview? No, no, this is great. This is uh, what I want. No, this is what cool I like. It's because, no, I, I didn't I really think I liked around. whistling. I didn't even know how to whistle, you know, I just, I, you know, sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't know that what I was doing was called whistling, right? So I was just doing it, just, you know, shit like that. And it was great. And just, it's like a bird just came in the just room. Fucking, you know, that was the exact same thing I just did before. But um, it was just, I watched these old Disney movies and the birds, you know, they just sounded so elegant. Mm-hmm. Just such regal creatures. And uh, that's exactly the opposite of what a bird is, though, isn't it? A regal creature. Um, yeah, and I just, like, really, really got fucking awesome at it, I guess. And then uh, that's it. I just started hitting the circuit, and fuck. Oh, my God. I'd smoke everybody. It's a lot of money. Man. I don't give a shit. I'll talk about it now. I'm into it now. Yeah, I smoked everybody. Everyone else sucked. I was the best. Wow. That's all he can't drink, by the way. He can't drink milk, though, because it's... Can't drink milk, can't yeah, smile. Chocolate. Did you have the cheddar broccoli soup for dinner? No, because I got a whistle later. Dude. I know. I she tried to offer that shit to me, and I was like, "What'd you say, bitch? I'm not eating that shit." Can I, I tell him try what, to sing again? Can I tell him what happened recently? Why we brought this up? Can I, I tell us? Let the cat out of the bag. It's just so much more oh, fun. No, to I'll just tell him later. I'll tell him later. I'll tell him later. Yeah. So we'll edit that real quick. All right. Okay. All right. All right. We can do that. Um, so, keeping with the... This is going to be the dick I was so good at whistling. This is going so long already, and I haven't even gotten to the meat of it yet. But I'm curious how you guys discovered each other. Because I've read the story of you two meeting each other, and it's fucking great. But I have no idea. I, I can only guess. How did you guys just discover each other individually first? Like, like well, how did you find... Well, the story with me and Jay... Like uh, well, I'm in the lag wagon forever. You know, how did you uh, find lag wagon? Oh, geez, my cousin. We were on a camping trip. I was about 13 years old, and he was 16. And Is that he, the cousin that was older that molested you? Uh, no, oh, different no. cousin. They knew each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, they knew each other. but They all do. Anyway, so he, <laughs> he was driving me to a camping trip. I'm not going to talk about what happened before that, but oh, we played, played uh, Trash for the first time. That's when I discovered Lagwagon. But then I ended up meeting him years later at a wedding. And, um, yeah, but... I was lucky to meet Chris through Joey because he, Chris came to see a Joey show I was at, and then. But I really haven't known Chris much longer than than you have. Right, I think which that's is true. Yeah. I mean, I only met Chris a couple of years ago too. Yeah, we. I knew of him as a famous whistler. <laughs> I mean, who who didn't? Yeah, you know? all the Canadians know. Yeah, I went under a different name, but I can't I can't reveal that information because I still have a, I have a I have an ongoing management contract that I'm trying to get out of. It's like Whistler <laughs> McGee or something. Oh God. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Um, uh, I met these two guys through Tony Sly. I, we Flatliners had done done a couple tours with No Use for a Name, and they were all in Toronto playing a show. And we had just gotten home from a UK tour that day, and our drummer Paul and I we went to the show, and uh, we didn't talk for too long really because we like Paul and I were really obviously really feeling weird, jet lagged and stuff, and. It was a great show. It was packed. That's the first time whatever. I did that night. I think that was the very first time we met. I, it's so weird. I think it's so. Like, it was so brief. I was really nervous to meet you. 
<laughs> well, the thing um, that's weird about it is that I just I don't remember that about that. Night. It was there so was brief. A lot it was of so brief. Stuff going it was honestly on. so brief. Yeah, it was. It was. Paul and I talked to Tony for for a while, and uh, and he could tell we were feeling really weird and like jet lag. He he knew that we had you know just come home from England and stuff, and and uh, I chatted with Joey briefly and Brian briefly, and that was kind of it because we were like half asleep. It was crazy. Um, and then, but it was a great show, and we had an awesome time. But we kind of bailed like right after the show was finished, so we didn't do the whole like hang out at the end of the show. It's pretty right, you made whatever. it. Whatever. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, I would, and uh, <laughs> I was gonna come. And then um, it's tough. And then, but the first time you and I really hung out was in Austin uh, when we played that fucking weird Ben Weasel show together. Mm. That was the that was the first night we really hung mm. out, and then yeah. the next night, Bad Light yeah. played at a bar, and I came with Vanessa and Chad. Oh yeah, and we hung out that night. But again, right. it was kind of brief though, because it's like it was South by Southwest. There's so many people around. Shows. Like the first few times Joey and I hung out, it was like one of those kind of things where it was like we didn't just, really get to know each other no. until we toured together. Yeah, and that's and like, you know, then you have all that like, free time in the day, yeah. and you're doing totally. this kind of stuff, just hanging out, and making jokes. Yeah, we did a fat tour two years ago. We hit it off, man. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a lovely man. This is a good person. Very right? handsome, very cute. Wow, yeah. baby face. Both. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, I just shaved my fucking huge beard off this morning. Yeah, it was bigger than yours, dude. Can you even grow a beard? I'm just curious. <laughs> he had it. He as, had his as far as I five see, o'clock shadow going, but it was like a week later. It was like, shadow. It was, it was like it was, one long whisker, <laughs> and just like a couple dots here. There is no map to it or anything. It was just, Chris is the kind of guy, man. Seriously, he's baby face, bro. Yeah. And like, I honestly, I've never seen you shave. Yet, you I shave like, like every other day, but it's only because I grew like a nasty pencil dirt stash. Wow. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Opposite for me, I'm a Homer Simpson. Man. I shave, and like five minutes later, yeah. all I feel John bad. Waters. Same here. <laughs> this is this is only about a two week old growth. I feel right? yeah, that's, 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 that's what I want. That's Bring what I, want. I can get a beard really fast too. It's actually kind of a nice thing, but I don't like shaving. So I don't. That's why I have a beard. I don't like shaving. <laughs> uh, so you, Brian and Chris, not Brian and Chris, Joey and Chris, you guys have done a hundred thousand different interviews. But Brian, you here? You're kind of the enigma. You're kind of the mm. guy that people don't know a lot about. You're mm. That other guy in Scorpios. Yeah. How did is, you How did you get to join this fold? You were a lag I'm wagon fan. Lucky as hell. I, I well after that wedding uh, that I met Joey at, we ended up doing. He asked me to play piano on a couple of his songs at another show. I was living in New York at the time, and um, we just got along. And um, you know, him and John were about to go to Europe, and they said, "Hey, man, we need a keyboard player. You want to come?" play and I'm like nah dude I don't want to go to Europe you know with you man that would suck so <laughs> ended up talking me into it no and <laughs> we just you know and um, yeah that's how that kind of happened and then the Scorpio yeah. thing happened after that tour um, so but yeah Joey and I have always gotten along musically and friend wise so yeah. it's just kind of one of those things just grew, yeah. grew into yeah. what it is just clicked it's an odd thing when you meet somebody late in life not too late, but like later in life, and you know, at some point in your thirties, I think almost everybody kind of resigns to these are my old friends. You know, you meet people along the way, but it's hard to get close to people, and and so every once in a while, when you meet somebody like these guys, like you know, I mean, you know, uh, it's 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 interesting that every once in a while somebody kind of breaks through yeah. that, that little bit of a wall, and you become really close and become really good friends, and that's definitely happened with Brian and I. I'm working on it with Chris, but it's tough. It's all these like language barriers. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. And Brian, you can just hear the you and all the words. You guys are you're, you're, like a, you're a professional musician too, like outside of this this beast. Like you play like a classical. Yeah, a I mean, classical I, stuff well, when I was in living in New York, I was actually going to school for classical voice at the um, opera, really. Yeah. And so um, he's got a whole bunch of opera patrons. Tonight it's going to be weird because I. All these old oh, that's yeah. not. No, that's like, all. Like a twenty, right here. Yeah, I saw a bunch of them actually. That's all. Because uh, yeah, I used to sing in China uh, in this this kind of. China brought over a couple, like China. twenty Western singers to come over and sing in Mandarin, and so I went over there, and the, a lot of the people that um, like kind of helped sponsor that whole thing live in Denver. So they're we're going to see your show. I'm like. All right, it's not going to be what we think it is, but they're great. They're all drunk already, so it's going to be fun. No, they're fun. Yeah, they're going to be fun. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they're I think cool. they might have they know how to party. They're, they're the old people, like all very nicely dressed. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are. They're, that's my contingent. No, that's sure. my draw. Awesome. <laughs> how did you end up in the van with these uh, smart asses? So Brian and I, we met because I was looking for collaborating. I was looking for a music thing. I play a lot around San Diego, where I'm from. And we started playing music together and really clicked. And then he, obviously, he knows Joey. Excuse me. Nice. He just farted. If you didn't say excuse well, me. Well, I was like, was I kind enough to leave? Like, you were. Space? You did. That was good. Let's go back somewhere. Sorry, that was terrible. Oh, it's all good. How are you this quiet in the van as well? It's quiet, yeah. Yeah, she's okay. working full time. <laughs> she's literally working a full time job. Yeah. Oh. Working from van. What are you doing? I work at Qualcomm, which is like a big yeah, yeah. telecommunications company. Yeah, we used to have it. Did we have it here? They used to. Have, I used no, to they. Have, uh, where are we? Denver. They have a building in Boulder. Okay. Yeah. What do you do for them? Uh, design. I design oh, apps and products. Nice. And so you really are that quiet in the van. How do you tolerate being in the van with these guys? I don't know. Guys? I somehow Where's I put up with it. I don't know. It's like not that fun. A gas mask in your <laughs> Pretty much in goggles. Gas mask is the key part. <laughs> Just put in that the on van. every day. She goes out in the van. <laughs> Imagine. So Joey, so uh, One Week Records, this is the new thing you're out here celebrating. Yes. It's um, a really good way to put it. It is a celebration. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> How? Right now, shot. You've had this idea for years. You finally started it. Why now? Uh, don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I just uh, it took me a couple of years to figure out how to do it. Cool. Because the way I wanted to structure things, business-wise alone, were unorthodox enough that I had to figure out ways to get around certain kind of legal aspects to do. What I was doing, um, really only one thing was difficult uh, to get into that's boring. But uh, I love producing records, you know, it's something I really, really like to do. But a lot of times, you know, records are three weeks or a month long and, and it, can, it can be pretty tough. And uh, I don't know, just the idea of, of, of not a full band, you know, just getting in a room with, with one person or a few people and recording acoustic music which I'm pretty good at doing because I've, I've got a studio and I've been doing that a long time you know um, it's it's fairly simple and then it becomes more about the creative thing and I just when I, I just updated my system I got rid of auto-tune I got rid of any kind of capability to manipulate things other than editing which is of course always going to be there um, so the idea stems from just there's a little bit of a part of me that kind of likes it when people can actually play you know like that it's not you know you hear a record by somebody 
but you've already heard the demo that yeah. was kind of like them on their iPhone and you kind of fall in love with this like natural beauty about it and then you get the record and it's really produced and, and it's it's just perfect because people can use all these things and make the time and all the bars are perfectly in time and that's it's not real yeah so something about doing this we have we can just barely pull off 10 songs in seven days <laughs> unless it's Chris who did it in like four and a half days because he's a natural um, all whistling yeah okay. yeah but it, you know it's just it's really fun and and the most important aspect of it is that because I do it at home you know this bipolar life that I have where I go home and I hang out with my girls my daughter and wife um, I can marry them once a week once for a week you know maybe maybe six times a year uh, bringing these people home and, and, and it's just such a great thing when my 10 year old daughter gets to meet yeah. Chris Creswell for a week he's eating breakfast and having coffee every morning with us I mean, she cried when the last girl left. She was really upset when Laura left. That seemed Laura, like it was all really great. Yeah, that seemed like a Laura really Martin, great Laura who I just finished with, uh, yeah, she's just one of the most wonderful people. She's super funny, really, really smart, just sweetest person. And, uh, yeah, it was harsh when she left. I mean, she lives in Australia. But, uh, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm really happy about it. You know, I, I think we're having a good time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's it like for you guys to enter in this uh, this man's world and live in his shoes and eat dinner with his family and whatnot? It explains a lot about him. <laughs> they, they, people always end up liking me better because my family is exactly a lot cooler right. than That's I exactly right. You start to go, oh, that guy does have a heart. Oh, my yeah. God. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's, he's like the nicest uh, guy to hang I'm with their family, this whole family, you know. Um, incredible people like there's just all art all kindness all you know um, it's just a really warm experience hanging out at the cave house so nice. making music and writing songs is easy it's like a it's almost like a um, perfect uh, environment for that really. how different is he with the producer hat on versus the uh, just the dude up there playing uh, the songs <laughs> I mean for me like it was really great um I he was the guy that convinced me to make an album in the first place. I never really yeah. like to be completely honest. I never wanted to do it. I never wanted to make like I, I always wanted to record my own songs because I've I've had a few songs kicking old well, before this whole thing um, was proposed to me. I I had a couple songs kicking around for a few years that just were so to, like to me so obviously not flatliner songs. And I'd like show the guys the songs and be like, that's a cool song, but like it's kind of better yeah. that way. And like I don't know, we just never really considered putting an acoustic song on an album like that obviously could always change but like there's just we always we've been like a loud band <laughs> and so, Dead Language was one of my favorite records thanks, last year man. I thought it was an interesting interesting thing to follow that up with an acoustic record it's a great record thanks too. man thanks. All, all, all the records have been great so far so. thanks man oh, thanks. Um, yeah I just but I, I always had the kind of idea like well I got a couple songs so I could just like record a couple songs and then put them out on like 7 inch and then write a couple more songs six months a year from now and then do that just make it kind of like that but I, I don't know I'm, I'm obviously beyond ecstatic that Joey approached me about one week records you know like it was it was awesome I got to go to San Francisco I was there for like two weeks but we spent a week on it you know and like the Flatliners had a tour that started uh, in Santa Barbara like right after so it was just awesome I got to like work on a, on a totally new venture for me you know, with a man that I really admire and respect, and it was it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it, it like the Flatliners have worked with the same guy, the same producer, Steve Risen, like 
on all our albums. He's a great producer, and he's like, it, he he. There's a super great like comfort level in, in there between him and the band. But I, it's been it had been so long since I'd worked with anyone else wearing that hat. So it was great. Like the oldest song I had was the one that we worked on the most together. And getting to for me is like you know like getting to collaborate with Joey was fantastic. The stitches, stitches, yeah. yeah. And it was just it it turned out fucking. Great! I'm so proud of all the songs, but that song is one of the ones that I'm like so happy that, so glad that I like listened to you. Because like, man, because like to be honest, like anyone, anyone that hires a producer, which is uh, like not exactly what's going on with the one week thing, but you're in a band, you hire a producer to offer their opinions and their suggestions and ways to shape your music, objectively speaking. And then a lot of bands complain that the producer is like a dick or doesn't know what he's talking about. Why did you fucking hire him then? Yeah. It's your own fault. It's your own fault, right? I mean, like, obviously, like, you know, there could be some exceptions here oh, and there. Sure. <laughs> of course, of course. But there's that whole thing. And, I mean, it just, it just, just listen to the, the other yeah. person. Because you can, you can live so, so deep inside your own songs that you, you can't even imagine them being different. And then if you can break through that feeling and you can really, like, see the other side of it, it's extremely beneficial. And I was really happy to, to do the whole album with Joey, and it was, it was awesome. And yeah, we did it in like almost five days. Yeah. One of the, I, yeah. just to add real quick, one of the coolest parts about the experience for me, I don't even know if I've really told this to Joey at all, but I'm you know, be, it up. Being, a huge, being a huge admirer, <laughs> obviously, you know, my wagon and Bad Astronaut and everything he's ever done before I met him, but then you work with him in a studio and you go, oh, that's how all that stuff sounds so good. It's, you know, I... You just watch. He's super meticulous about every little aspect of every song, every sound that comes out. And you, you know, as an artist or just someone that you're already like super tired from being there the whole time, you're like, oh, this is gonna be. Good. And he's just nonstop. He pushes you, pushes you, pushes you. And at the end of it, it's like the most amazing thing to hear the result. You know, it's it's the truth for sure. <clears throat> so, Joey, your last solo record, or at least the last one that I have, is that Joey Cape doesn't play well with others. Are you are you a pain in the ass to work with? Apparently, these guys are singing your praises over here. No, oh, he's a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, okay. no, no. This is a good time for me. Those are mutually exclusive. No. I should do have to pee though. Can I go now? Come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably be talking the whole time. Um, yeah. No, I just seem like an appropriate title for a solo album when yeah. you're, when you're kind of maybe so, somewhat known for being in bands, you know. And so I, I always. Uh, I should have done it with my first record. It really should have been the first one with that title. But it was really just tongue-in-cheek. You know, it's kind of like... And, and, and the honest truth is, the iron, there was an irony in it, and that was that when I was making that record, it was going to be a double record, and I had, like, 40 people play on it. No. Oh. So I recorded two records at once, yeah. and I had, like, 40 guest musicians, and I said, I'm going to call it Doesn't Play Well With Others, but I have, like, 40 guys on the record. And uh, I don't know what happened. Somewhere along the way, it was like... It just our, that just idea didn't seem as good as just making a solid 12-song record and, and doing this subscription thing that I did with it. So I went a different direction, but uh, but I still think the name's pretty appropriate for a guy in a band to do a solo record, you know, it's sort of a joke. Uh, but I don't know, there's probably people that play in bands with me that would say that there's some truth to it. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty type A, you know, I, I like he said, I mean, I, I, I don't really mess around in there. I mean, I want things to be as good as they can be. And, you can usually find the kind of core of somebody by listening to their music. And what I mean by that is that I think that what 
people have to offer, that's the best thing they have to offer is the, is the thing that, that's original. Like there's, it's great when you hear people and they're derivative of things that you like. It's really nice to hear that. But almost always there's something that you hear and you go, but nobody's really doing that. And so that's the thing that I try really hard to kind of bring out of it. Because I figured there's a lot of mu music. Yeah. You know? Now that we got deep, we got dark on that. Yeah, well, watch out. Um, I don't know, what, what time do you use, does your part of the show start? How much time are you? I think 9.15. Okay, so we should probably start wrapping this up. Um, we'll ask Chris when he gets in here. Uh, I know you got the new Lagwagon record coming out. Vanessa yeah. said, I was like, Vanessa, could I talk to Joey about the new Lagwagon record? And I'm very glad she talked me into it. It was her idea to have all the three of us talk together. And I love this. This is great. This has been really fun. Yeah, and like uh, she says, we'll do this. She said she'll hook me up with you personally when that time comes. Uh, anything you can you want to talk about the new Lagwagon album, though? comes out October I mean, something. I'm just really happy with the record. Cool. I really like it a lot. And... Uh, I don't say that very often uh, about the records we make. I think we've made a lot of records, so it's kind of one of those things that gets tougher every time to kind of feel like we've done a good job, which is probably why we make records so seldomly. But um, but this one just, it, it, we took a long time to make it or to even start working yeah. on it. And that that's due to the fact that um, we're just one of those bands that we just have made a decision without speaking about it that we're not going to do anything unless we're ready and that's not great for momentum and career yeah. but it's great for being happy about what the music you make but this, a couple of years ago there was just this synergy happening in the band and I kind of it's like the light bulb above the head thing you know you just kind of go oh wait I get it I know what we're supposed to do trust me guys and just we started writing and uh, I, I did a bunch of writing workshops with Brian because it's great to write with a piano player in the beginning um, and then by the time I was bringing stuff to the band there was definitely a little bit of like what is this and you know but everybody in the band really put their stamp on it and it just came together great I, I love the record I, I can't I just wish it would come out you know it's yeah. kind of like it's a harsh thing you finish it in like early July and it comes out in almost November it's kind of like I'm, I'm kind of already over it. Like, let's let's get this going. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we keep playing all these like festivals and touring and stuff because the band never stops working. And every day we're just like, wouldn't it be rad to play new songs? Oh well, let's go. Shot of <laughs> shot of whiskey to kill the pain. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's probably the only record we've ever made where you know we're we're completely in agreement to play the whole record live. Cool. Never done that before. It's always. You know, you pick four or five songs that you feel like would work live from a record, and then you try those out, and maybe like two or three of them survive. And then over the years, there's like those two songs that you play off that record over and over. And I, I just don't think that's going to be the case this time, which is cool. Cool. Chris, that, Jesus. what are you up to next? Uh, Dead Language came out last year. Great record from the Flatliners. Thank you. You're working on the solo stuff right now. What's yeah. next for you? Uh, after this tour, the Flatliners do a six-week North American tour. Nice. Coming uh, back through here? No? Unfortunately not. No. I wish we were. Uh, but we were here at Propaganda. It was yeah. yeah, I great. was really, really drunk trying to interview you guys. I'm <laughs> glad it didn't work out. Oh, I, could barely, I could barely... <laughs> well, I know that, like, because Miguel from Bottle Rocket was, like, with us on that. It was just, like, a weekend yeah, we yeah, did yeah. in Colorado. It was great. It was fun. And uh, I think he took Scott to the Triple Nickel. I don't think I went. 
I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't anyway, make it to the triple nickel. I was farting really down too. Out there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to do, we start like East Coast Canada, go all the way down the East Coast of the States for Fest, uh, and then we're going to do a tour with Hot Water Music and Dave Hawes okay. for Hot Water's 20th anniversary. It ends in, kind of like zigzags through the Midwest and ends up in San Francisco. And then we are going to do a Western Canadian tour as well. It hasn't been announced yet, but it will be soon. Cool. So, sure. nice, nice, nice. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you, any other plans with the solo stuff you're working on now? Or is this um, going to be on the back burner for a while? I mean, uh, nothing is really ever on the back burner. It's just kind of finding time to do it. Cool. Um, at, at, like at this point in every, like every year, me and the dudes and the flatliners are always like, man, maybe next year should be like kind of chill. <laughs> you know, like maybe we shouldn't fucking tour ten months out of the year or next year. Yeah, you're still like, 26. Yeah, I know, but I feel like I'm 45. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, because just we've been doing that kind of heavy touring for like since fucking 2006, like like nonstop. So it's 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 been great, uh, but we want to kind of maybe write another record. So <laughs> we don't really write that well on the road. Like we'll all kind of separately do our riffs and. I'll write lyrics and stuff. We don't really come together in a collaborative effort and like a cohesive, congruent thing until we're home and cool. focused and stuff. So, I mean, we'll still tour and play and stuff next year, of course, but next year we'll definitely uh, set aside to as well write an album and then hopefully put one out the next year. Cool. Yeah. What are you guys up to next? Oh, jeez. I was just going to say, it's so funny. Every time I run into Chris, he's like, yeah, next year we're totally <laughs> relaxing. Every time I see him. Because um, we'll book everything till the end of the yeah. year. And then we'll be like, dude, holy shit. This like, everything's booked. Up. Whoa. Tour January 1st for a year? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just always like, yeah. It's weird. Um, well, I kind of wish I had that problem right now. Um, no, I, I actually, I kind of got a... Uh, band that I kind of started just based on a lot of the songs that we wrote for the one week record and um, hopefully going to record uh, a lot of that like in December January hopefully Joey will be able to help us out and produce so that's what we're <laughs> that's what the goal is um, and then we're playing a couple shows I got a show booked with Jason Cruz and Howl and the oh, yeah. Darlings in November when I get back so that's something to look forward to but yeah it's, it's a fun project we both you know work day jobs so I'm going to get well, I used to play not, piano bars, yeah. believe it or not, but I stopped um, because it was fucking lame um, <laughs> playing six <laughs> nights a week, you know, it's playing the same. Inside. Yeah. So um, I do that like once a week um, now, but I, I write like I do content marketing for oh. like an internet company. Yeah. So it's a real deal job. What's, your job? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's up with you? What's going on next? You're going well, I'll on? play basically his answer. I play yeah. in his band. So yeah. that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. Way to leave her around in the. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm touring around the world. No big deal. <laughs> wait till you see her her gigantic axe, her cello. Can't wait. I watched the video. It was pretty good. Oh, uh, the cool. one the one on the one week YouTube. Oh, cool. uh, with you two oh. together in like. A oh, kitchen? that was me with my acoustic cello. Oh, yeah. oh, you have a real. I have an electric cello. one that I'm playing oh. today. <laughs> it, like the guitar it pretty much right does. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool guys. Uh, I'll wrap this up so you guys can like talk shit about me and then play. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anything else you guys want to throw out there before I leave you leave you alone? Chris is a heavy sleeper. I love to sleep, and also it's so rad that weed is just super cool here. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> sorry guys, I had to say it. It's great. Yeah. Everybody else, weed, does. dude. I just want to go on record saying that weed is fucking cool. Cool. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah. You can't top that. Like yeah. that's how you end all interviews. <laughs> yeah, I do. Weed is cool. Weed is cool. Job interviews. 
That's how I end every job. Well, in a dispensary, that would probably work. Weed is cool. If you're on the fence about hiring me, I just want to say, weed is cool. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day to sit down. Yeah, thank that you. was a pleasure, man. That was fun. That was thank fun. you. Well, all right, buddies. Joey, Chris, Brian, Serena, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with us today. Uh, it was a hell of a show. It was an interesting show. There were a lot of a lot of drunk frat bros at the show. I didn't know frat boys were so into uh, lagwagon. Lots of backward, flat-brimmed baseball hats and bad tribal tattoos. I mean, there was actually a fight during uh, during an acoustic show at the Walnut Room. Jesus Christ, people. Hold it together. It was a Monday night. I don't even think the football game that night was even that exciting, but Jesus Christ. Uh, but the guys handled it well. These guys were pro pro at dealing with these hecklers and uh, until they, they, they do it on occasion. It's not something they're unaccount, unaccustomed to. I, of course, am mumbling and stuttering and uh, rambling like a fool. Thanks to my sponsor, Death Wish Copy at deathwishcopy.com. Uh, they provide me with the highest strength dark roast copy that you can drink. I drink about a pot a day. Helps get me get through my day at my, uh, as a supervisor, an organic grocery store here in Denver, Colorado. And uh, I, I drink so much of it, I sometimes feel like I can see through time and space. Of course, the time and space I can see through is the fact that I'm going to be on the toilet for a very long time in a few hours. But hey, that's not Death Wish's fault. It's Taco Bell's fault. Taco Bell and Illegal Pete's. Let's be honest here. It's Illegal Pete's. I eat so much goddamn Illegal Pete's. I, I just poop out burritos. You didn't want to hear all that. I didn't want to tell you all that. But again, Death Wish copy gets me rambling, gets me talking, gets me telling you things that I never would uh, never would have meant to anybody else. But enough rambling. Uh, thanks again to everybody who hang, hung out and made this interview happen. We're going to go ahead and close this song out with one of my favorite songs of the night. I, I'm trying to find find the right words to phrase this. Phrase this. It's a cover. Uh, this is a live recording from the show, taken again with by my handheld Zoom microphone. And uh, it's a medley. It's all three of the guys. They closed the night out with this, so it's only fitting that we close this episode out with it. And it's one of my favorite No Use From Name songs. And uh, it's such so beautiful. And you can hear the drunken frat boys in the beginning of this uh, track screaming, like, sing along, sing along. And it's like, come on, dudes. Come on, dudes. Chill the fuck out. Uh, but no, this is International U Day. Originally written by uh, Tony Sly, no use for a name. Um, Joey Cape covered this with the Scorpios. Um, jo- this has become a staple of Lagwagon and Joey Cape shows for a while now, and it was just fantastic to see uh, this tribute to their fallen friend, um, who I wanted to talk about in the interview, but we were just having such a good time, I didn't want to bring it up and bring the mood down. Um, but a fantastic cover from Brian, Serena, Chris, and Joey. It had members of the audience in tears. Um, it was just great. I'm just going to quit rambling. Let's get into the song. One of my favorite songs, International U-Day, uh, Live at the Walnut Room by uh, the one, the gang at One Week Records. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the funny pages. If you know the words of this song, help us sing it. It makes it a lot better. Let's celebrate Tony Sly right now. I'm sorry that it took so long to write this song, but I gave up. You see, one million words can describe how 
Thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much for singing with us. Love you guys.